Good evening, I'm Rick Dancer. Welcome to Get Real with Rick Dancer. And we are excited. Um, I'm excited uh, for this show tonight because I get, I had a lady stop me today um, in a store in town and she came up and she tapped me on the shoulder and she says, um, you know, I love when you do your shows because you get people on there that explain to us that we really aren't number one alone. Number two, that we really can do this. And as she says, and I think what's really happening because of what you guys are doing and the guests that you have is people are coming alive and participating and apathy it has been our enemy in Oregon for the last ever since I can remember being in the news business so that was probably uh, 30 years um, I would go to meetings and think if more people showed up and said something if more people understood that the power they have in their voice is absolutely amazing if more people would come in here and stop throwing up their hands and say oh they never listen to us anyway um, I think that, the, that that we could change this state to make it represent not just people like you and me, but all of us. And I think what's happened over the years, over the decades, is that has deteriorated into an ideology that is one sided. And now what I hear people saying is we're waking up. And what happens when you wake up a sleeping giant is the, the, the other giant that's had the conversation and had control of that conversation for eons gets really panicked and they attack and they come after people. They like to kill the messenger while the messenger isn't going to go away. And um, tonight we have a great show and some examples. These are examples of communities, small communities that are actually where people are making a difference just by going to bat. And they're not being mean, they're just being firm, but they understand the rules. And they're not going in there and saying, well, you can't do this and doing stuff like that because that gets you nowhere. You have to be armed, educated, armed, and I mean armed with information. You need to be armed with information. You need to be educated and go in and work with people. And it's not that difficult, but it takes tenacity. It takes perseverance and it takes doing your homework so that you know what you can and can't do. And you can do far more. There are open meeting laws. There are so many laws on the books that are not being followed. And that's where you need to push. And tonight we're going to give you an idea of how to push. Now, our show is sponsored tonight by Albert Taylor. Endless Possibilities this is an organization that has uh, I think 30 homes and uh, they take care of people with different abilities. They're always looking for employees and they've already gotten several employees just from us talking about them on the show. So if you're looking for a career change, you're looking for something that's going to make a difference in someone's life, um, alberttaylor.com and they have a place, place on there that says jobs, tells you everything you need to do and you will change someone's life. And the best part is people with different abilities always change your life for the better. So that's one of our sponsors. Uh, also, Michael Bratlin, uh, Chris Dental. I was in there today get, to get my uh, my six month cleaning, and uh, Dr. Bratlin is a place that's welcome to everyone. And actually, I don't know if you saw, I had something on my page today about how a survey was done and how many people actually believe that people who are not vaccinated or or treat this differently should be under house arrest. Um, that doesn't happen with Dr. Bratlin. Um, everyone is welcome. 
no matter what your vaccination status is, to get your dental care done. It shouldn't be based on, on your dental care. Well, that's my phone and I didn't turn it off. And our third sponsor is, and main sponsor is Priority One Heating and Air Conditioning. And I'll tell you what, those people do a great job. I had my heat pump go out. My house is for sale. I have two heat pumps. One of them died when I'm on my trip to Montana. Just called them up, said, can you go out and look, see what needs to be done, what you can do, put together a bid for my buyer on my house and see what we can do. And they were out there and I had it within 24 hours. Uh, that's how heating, uh, Priority One Heating and Air Conditioning operates. And if you're not on a monthly standard, having them check your system, you need to do that. I just turned down a house because the man has never had his HVAC checked. And I'm like, uh-uh, I'm not buying your problem. So um, I'm gonna throw out the open. Bill, uh, London has some interesting news again with our governor tonight uh, that you're gonna be intrigued to hear, but let's get the open going. We'll get Bill and then we've got, uh, oh, we've got Rob, Basin Tackle Rob from Charleston. And uh, somebody found him, he washed up on shore. So I got him to come on tonight and we'll see if we can get the barnacles off of him and go. Who puts up with this? That's what I don't understand. Bring the lion out. Bring the, bring the lion. Um, tonight on our show, we're going to have... Hey guys, don't you think it's kind of fun that you get to comment on the news? There's a cost. Oh yeah, there's a cost. People come after you. Like, I think that's why this is so much fun is because... We'll see you at five. Good evening from the News Radio, 1120 AM and 93.7 FM, KPNW Studios. I'm Bill London, co-host of the Wake Up Call that you'll hear on these fine radio stations every morning from uh, 6 to 9, at least Monday through Friday. And for those of you that are asking for some sort of cheery background, here's a picture of a palm tree. All right, there's a lot of things to get to tonight, so let's just get into it. Our first story, and I'm going to kind of go off script here in a minute to talk about this, and it is Lane County's DA, Patty Perlow. She is taking on Governor Brown in court over her commutations and clemencies, which have released hundreds of convicted violent felons and very well may release more. Perlow, along with Lane County DA, Doug Martini, and four crime victims have filed a petition in Marion County Circuit Court. It's called a writ of mandamus, seeking an order that the governor, state agencies and officials essentially follow Oregon clemency law and put a halt on all of these clemencies. The petition claims Governor Brown has violated clemency law procedures by releasing so far a thousand duly convicted and sentenced felons early from prison sentences. And many of them were convicted of very violent felony crimes. And she's also proposing the release of an additional 250 more felons early, all of them convicted of violent crimes committed as juveniles. And they were sentenced following Oregon law. They claim that currently processing commutations are all uh, also in violation of the law, and they are seeking the lawsuit and the request in Marion County Circuit Court. And they're trying to compel Governor Brown, the Oregon Department of Corrections, the Oregon Youth Authority, and the Oregon Board of Parole and Post Supervision to comply with the law. Now, we've talked about one of those individuals that was released as part of the COVID commutees who had already a criminal record of 53 felonies 
and was released after being sentenced for 10 felonies to six years in prison. He was released four years early and he's already wanted for reoffending and is on the loose. After a conversation with DA Patty Perlow just a little bit ago, turns out there were a number of reoffenders as well and have so far out of that COVID commutation group that have reoffended in Lane County. Right now, um, she's in the process of trying to get some of that information to me. So hopefully tomorrow morning on the wake up call, I'll be able to go into it in a little bit more in depth and tomorrow night on right here, Get Real with Rick Dancer. But in case you're wondering um, what exactly and what laws were violated, keep in mind the document that was filed in Marion County Circuit Court comprises 259 pages, but I'm going to try to summarize that from you after the conversation that I've had with Patty Perlow and after having a chance to scan uh, the documents that were sent to the court. This is where I'm going to go off script. There's really a couple of major issues. Now, one thing to keep in mind is that the governor does, and DA Patty Perlow admits this, the governor does have broad powers to offer clemency and commute sentences. And it is something that is ingrained in the Oregon Constitution. However, since the Constitution was written, the legislature has put into effect a variety of statutes that basically are, if you will, a series of steps that the governor has to take to be able to offer clemency or commutations to those who are behind bars. And it's very specific. But there are a certain amount of limitations on the governor's power. And one of those is, is that she cannot delegate that power of clemency to anyone. That power is hers and only she can use it. And what the governor has done is essentially gone to, for instance, the Oregon Youth Authority, the Department of Corrections, and just simply said, give me a list. They are not allowed to do that by law. Give me a list of people that should have clemency or whose sentences I should commute based on A, B, and C. They are not allowed to do that. That is, according to the suit at least, a violation of the procedural requirements of Oregon law. She's not allowed to do that. One other thing that's very interesting, and this is one of the first arguments in the case, is that when someone is in jail to receive clemency, they have to ask for it. Specifically, they have to fill out a variety of paperwork and petition the governor for clemency. In other words, the governor can't go on a fishing trip to find people that she thinks should have clemency and then just offer it. Now, according to the suit, the DOC and the OYA are some of those that have been given, if you will, delegated powers, and at least 73 incarcerated felony offenders were those that haven't even asked for clemency. Therefore, legally, she's not allowed to grant clemency to them. They have to specifically ask for it. Another part of it was is that the governor did not 
notify the district attorneys in advance so that they could notify victims that these offenders were being released from jail. Essentially, she is supposed to, at least according to the suit, require proof of affidavit of service to agencies to be notified. And that would include DA's offices so that they can talk to the victims and let them know. It'll be interesting to see what Marion County Circuit Court does. Now, besides the four victims on this case, if you think about it, there are more than just those four victims. And there are a number of people on that list in particular of those that had offended as youth that committed multiple crimes um, against multiple people. One of the individuals actually had not only committed murder, but six cases of manslaughter, uh, as well as uh, robbery and the like. It's, it's mind-boggling what the governor is doing, and at least Lane County's DA, along with Doug Martini from Lynn County, are standing up and basically saying, what you have done is not legal. They are being represented by attorney Kevin Mannix, who was behind Measure 11. He came out of retirement, actually, to handle this case and argue it in court. Um, as far as when it'll be heard, it's unknown. Um, as long as how long it's going to take for a decision to be made, whether the governor decides that she wants to appeal it, who knows? And the other aspect of this is, is that a number of these clemencies and commutations will take place well after the governor has left office. She's only in office for about another 11 months. Uh, tomorrow morning on the wake-up call, I'll have a full 20-minute interview uh, with DA Patty Perlay, uh, Perlow. That'll be happening at about 6.35 tomorrow morning. And if that seemed kind of long-winded, um, my apologies, but like I said, just going off script there on that particular story may go off a script on this one. And that has to do with the mass shooting that took place outside of the Wow Hall last Friday. We now know the names of the six people who were shot. One of them was from Eugene, that is Alea Michelle Tynan. We know that she is out of the hospital. She has been in the local media uh, recently talking about what happened there. There were four individuals that were shot that were actually part of a hip-hop group from Pendleton. Uh, they were Richard Lemon, also Ray Sean, Dominique Joseph Sapuni, Tristan Van Blockland, and Priscilla Camarena all of them from the Pendleton area, as well as Jason Smith, who was from San Francisco. Now, some of these individuals, as we said, have been released from the hospital. The Eugene Police Department is not releasing who is still there, although we do know that the person that seems to be or was uh, the most seriously injured was uh, Supani, who underwent surgery Friday night. As far as a description, well, one individual who actually filmed uh, the event that happened has been quoted in local media, Thomas Hiera, uh, who is a hip hop artist who filmed it. He gave a little bit more about 
a description of this particular shooter, uh, besides wearing dark clothing and a hoodie, was about 5'6", also appeared to be young, slight of build, and he claims he was carrying a handgun. Now, in an interview I did this morning with Eugene Police Chief uh, Chris Skinner, um, I asked him, look, we know this person is a male, so obviously somebody got a look at his face. Do we know what race he is? Is he Caucasian? And according to the police chief, there were conflicting reports. Some said that he was an African-American. Others said that he was a Caucasian. And so at this point, they actually don't know. They are still looking for information to try and solve this case. And if you have any information, you have any videos, maybe it's security cam footage from your home because you live around the area of the Wow Hall. If you would call them at 541-682-5162, they would greatly appreciate that. Well, there was a big uh, recall election that took place or vote in Newburgh, trying to boot two Newburgh school board members. And the vote, of course, was Tuesday. And so far, the count that is in shows that board chair Dave Brown and vice chair Brian Shannon each are ahead. In other words, holding on to their seats by hundreds of votes. And they were behind the effort to essentially ban political signage, all political signage, including Black Lives Matter, pride flags, political message, etc., from public schools out of classrooms. And that's what led to the recall. Now, a new Oregon law actually went into effect January 1st, and this is the first time it's gone into effect, and it will cause a long delay or knowing when and or if the recall was successful or a failure. The new law says that any ballot postmarked by 8 p.m. the day of the election should be counted as long as it arrives within seven days. According to uh, the Amhill Elections Office, they're saying they may not be able to certify the election until sometime around Valentine's Day. We do know the turnout was high, at least in Yamhill County, with 55% of registered voters voting in this compared to the 19% that actually turned out to vote for the 2019 school board election. Oh, I've got other stories, but this is running long, so I'll leave you with this. If you were wondering, gee, how well did kids learn during distance learning? Can't give you any Oregon numbers, but I can tell you what they found in Washington State. The percentage of students after learning online for over a year who met state standards on the math portion of their state exams fell by 20 percentage points. Just 30% of children, public school students enrolled in grades four through 12 actually met standards in math. In English, the portion of kids who met the standard fell by nine percentage points. And, and this is what I love. State education officials cautioned against putting too much stock in the numbers. In other words, don't hold us accountable. Don't do that. All right, that's it for now. In the meantime, it's time for Rick to roll you in real. It's like the three R's. Rick, rolling, and real. 
right now. That's four R's. Yeah, yeah, but no arithmetic because we're in Oregon. We don't need math in our schools, right? <laughs> Seven days after an election. Do you remember when you used to have to get your ballot in on time, like by five o'clock or something? Rob, this is insanity. Yeah, it's it is insanity, Rick. It's. I came on the show feeling really good about everything, and now I'm kind of bummed out. It's dark in here. It, just in the, in the 15 minutes that I've been sitting in a little home office here, the light outside is – I should have turned on a light. It looks like I'm in a cave. Yeah. It looks like See, I'm in Oregon. Hey, this is what it's going to look like when Kate Brown finally has full power and we lose all our utilities. <laughs> Sorry. This is Basin Tackle Rob from Charleston, Oregon, where it really is a light and beautiful community, but Rob is the darkness in a beautiful <laughs> Which is why, why we have him come on here and uh, chat for a couple of minutes. So what is going on in the Bay Area of Oregon? We had a, uh, a tidal wave warning the other day. Now, typically we get one, two of those a year and I don't give it much mind. But I was woken up at 515 by an alert setting on my phone that I didn't know I had that said, hey, there's a, well, they call them tsunamis now because it sounds far more impactful than tidal wave. Forever they call them tidal waves. Now it's tsunami. Um, but they, they had a, a tidal wave warning, and I thought, well, it could be something legitimate. You know, it looked real. They, they weren't calling for doom and gloom into the world, but they said there could be a one to a three-foot swell, which is really nothing in the grand scheme of things. However, when it originates from, from a, a large impact, when it originates from an earthquake, when it originates from, in this case, a volcano, there's a lot of energy in that. So even though it may only be a one to three-foot wave, there's so much energy in it it hits so hard and fast and can do so repeatedly that damage can be done. I want to say about 10 years ago or so, Brookings got hit pretty hard. A bunch of damage uh, inside the uh, inside the marina in Brookings. And we were kind of looking for maybe similar things here. Now, Sunset Beach, which is just south of us, about six miles, had some, some hydrographic events that we could see. We could see the waves coming in and the waves pulling out to the effect of it, it was like a king tide. Did you say hydrographic? That's a big word. Sorry. I, I, I read a book the other day. I didn't. I, I skimmed through the index. Googling it. Go ahead. Keep talking. Um, but in the marina itself. So I was up on the roof. I got up there. I had radios, binoculars, rifles, beef jerky, beer, a lawn chair. And we, we broadcast live for an hour waiting for this, this massive event. But it, it didn't happen. I, which is good. She's saying she laughed really hard because she saw you on your roof trying to oh, take I, I, I see that, yeah. We were looking for looters. We were super excited for looters, and we didn't get we, – we, there was a homeless guy digging for cans, but that apparently doesn't meet the threshold of looting. I don't know. I, I don't make the laws, but if I did, it would be different. <laughs> okay. Rob, hey, um, just a couple of suggestions. Get some light. You know, they have yes. these circle rings, and, I, and you, can, you can get them and – you, I have be, you'd be stunning in a certain I have place. a whole office I, like a whole studio office at work but I'm home right now because I have to take the kids to some some functions here in a little bit and I'm still gonna make dinner and it's I don't know if it's gonna happen this McDonald's for everybody well the healthy guy from Coos Bay there you go <laughs> Rob thank you for joining us we'll see you in two weeks thank you great intro a great intro like I'm ready to vote for you right now that uh, that was the best intro to any a, any show that's been you yeah you knocked it out of the park today brother have a good one folks God bless each and every one of you God bless America all right see you Rob that guy is crazy 
Um, we love having Rob uh, involved in our show. And when he has light, he uh, brings us things about going on in Coos Bay and stuff happening down there. So our topic tonight, we've got a great topic, guys. We are going to talk with, uh, we're going to inspire you to do the thing in your community that you might be afraid to do and that you need to do. Um, really quickly, though, I'm going to have a train go by here in a second, and I'm just going to warn you. So I'm going to bring my guests on really fast so I can turn my mic off. Uh, I don't think I'm going to make it. This is Adam Craven, city councilor in Brownsville, Oregon. Everybody gets a horn. This is Tyler, a, par a parent in, in Brownsville, Oregon. And this is Mark Thielman, a gubernatorial candidate, uh, a superintendent of Alsea Schools. And these three gentlemen have been working together. We had a meeting on the phone the other day talking about how we could do something to inspire you guys to make the change that you want to make. Because it, Tyler, so, and I don't, I'm not saying this, I don't mean this like, you're just a parent. You are a powerful parent who understands how to go look at the law. And you have made some, you've made some real dents in what's going on. Kind of explain to people what was going on that kind of got you inspired to really do something. <clears throat> so uh, back in the fall, we noticed some things that were happening with, um, you know, vaccination status and discrimination of staff and how teachers and, uh, you know, aides and, and the students were, were being treated. And <clears throat> the community kind of all showed up at one time for a school board meeting and made a showing and it got, you know, a little loud and the school board kind of shut down. The, the communication stopped and and, you know, the community wanted to know what was happening, couldn't get good answers. And, you know, the line had been drawn. <clears throat> so, so go ahead. Basic, basically at that meeting, I met some parents, you know, I haven't been in this community for but two years and I met some people, we, we formed up a group and started communicating and learning the laws and learning what the options were and, <clears throat> You know, began communicating with the school, with the the super and, and the board. And over several months, we didn't really get anywhere. But now we're at a point where where that communication may be starting to open. And uh, you know, that's that's kind of the the big picture of it. So, Mark, what is the key that parents really don't understand the power that they have? And and there are open there are laws on the books that aren't being followed that, and, and instead of parents going in and just whining and complaining, um, you, you, they need to be armed with education and information. Oh, Mark, your microphone. Did you get it on? I'll tell you what, while you're figuring that part out, Adam, here's the, you're a city councilor in, I'm going to do this for Mark. I'm going to pull you out of here for a second so you can figure that part out. You're a city councilor in Brownsville, Oregon, and you guys have you guys have made some changes. In fact, I have that what you sent me. Um, I'm going to put it up here, but you guys have a resolution and tell people what this resolution did. Um, so basically, um, you know, we, we kind of saw where, you know, the state was kind of spiraling their, you know, their mandates and their control. And, uh, you know, we we got, you know, a lot of input from, you know, the city employees and, you know, we we kind of looked at it from a risk standpoint. You know, what what are the risks of, you know, having employees walk away from their job because something is mandated 
you know, mandated against their personal choice. And, uh, you know, so we just kind of looked at it from a risk standpoint. And, you know, I, I think the, you know, the, our council here in Brownsville, you know, it's kind of been transformed in the last year, um, you know, but, but we've got a very good, a very good solid council now. And, you know, we, we kind of stepped up to the plate. It's something that we brought, I think in October or November and, uh, you know, it kind of got shot down. There were some, you know, some, some harsh wording or, you know, whatever it may be with the original resolution. But ultimately our, you know, our mayor stepped up to the plate and he drafted this one himself. And, uh, you know, basically it states that we, you know, we will not implement any mandated COVID-19 requirements, whether it's vaccines, masks, anything for our city employees that goes against their personal choice. And so those take steps. I'm going to see Mark, if you're there, does your mic work in now, Mark? Can you hear me now? Yes. Okay. So, so Mark, you started this in LC as the superintendent and you guys are kind of making a new move. Explain to people what that is that you guys are doing right now. Well, a couple of things. So uh, we've always a little bit on the cutting edge in LC, as you know, we, we push the limits and we try to use good science and not be science deniers like our current governor. Um, you know, the old uh, uh, cartoon I saw today, it was classic. It was a big old fashioned gravestone that said CDC credibility. It did it die with COVID or because of COVID. And um, and with that flavor, um, you know, we're not a city municipality. We're a school board and a school district. So we don't have quite the same constitutional punch that that Adam's talking about. So what we did is uh, my board passed a resolution and I'll just kind of put up the camera here. Okay. Uh, last last board meeting, and it has a bunch of whereas, and it talks about how uh, all the changing guidance and how the facts have changed to the point where now cloth masks don't work that we've been told that that do work. So the school board is saying, be it resolved, uh, uh, the school board being locally and duly elected public officials who have sworn an oath to the Oregon State and U.S. Constitution sounds so nice. Um, hereby asserts its right to return to local control regarding COVID mitigation plans and policies. So um, last Thursday, my board declared that. Um, I told them we'd go one week and we'll implement next week. I'll be sending out more guidance to my uh, families tomorrow in which um, we're not getting rid of COVID mitigations because that would put us in the crosshairs. Uh, but what we are doing is we are, we're saying that we, the school district, since we've been ahead on most of this stuff anyway, we're going we're gonna to decide what's going to work. And if masks don't work, we're going to allow parents to elect whether they want their kids to wear a mask or not. We'll have some situations where we might require mask wearing, where we think we might scientifically get a little bit of, a, of an advantage. But in general, um, uh, we're opening up and we're, we're taking back control for our own school district. So, Tyler, one of the things you learned on your list that you put out, and I think I might just take that and put it in a comment section, is to learn the public meeting laws, the open meeting laws, and Oregon's revised statutes, and then use them. What do you mean? What are you talking about? So what a lot of these districts are doing is, is they're, they're putting forth a plan to their, their council, and their councils, you know, if it's safe, they're saying, yeah, it's safe, you're good, go ahead. And, and they're not any deeper than that Let, let's say it was a speed limit if, let's say the speed limit's 55 miles an hour we're, we're doing 35 and that's because that's what we presented and that's what council agreed to um so what what we did here is <clears throat> you know we we did the research we dug into the revised statutes we dug into the rules and 
we're, we're going to try and get closer to that 55 mile an hour speed limit, but still work inside of the law. So, so that nobody, nobody here gets in trouble. The district doesn't get in trouble, the, the board. And to do that, uh, there's been some discussion on, on possibly forming a, a committee to assist the board because they're, they're overwhelmed, you know, board members are volunteers. Um, there's been a lot of public communication, a lot of, a lot of chaos, and I, I think they need some help. So if we can get that committee rolling and help them with secondary opinions, you know, we'll, we'll go through the laws, find what we can do to get to that speed limit get another opinion from another legal team and then present that to the board. Hopefully we can get, you know, to a better place for the staff, the students, the district and get everybody on the same page right now. It's too divided. So Mark, how important is it that parents uh, look at other districts and what they're doing and, and, you know, borrow and steal and, and, you know, use same with city councils. They could look at what Adam and, and the folks in Brownsville have done and, and, and go, you know, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Um, people are already doing this. Well, it's, it's really important. Um, so I've had uh, a couple of districts already contact me asking me to send them a copy of the resolution. They're very interested in this and um, the, and that's how it grows. A couple of the tactics too, for parents to take because boards are trained, Technically, legally, the board has to have a meeting in public, but it doesn't necessarily have a legal obligation to let the public participate. And boards have been using that uh, to silence parents. Traditionally, they've allowed comment, of course, but, but now it's being used against them. So parents can ask for a meeting with the chairman and vice chairman separate of the board meeting. Sometimes that's a good way to bring to, to, to span the division that Tyler's talking about, get dialogue going. <laughs> Um, the other one, too, is you can ask for an executive session uh, to have your grievance heard. Um, and then sometimes that's the boards like that because uh, they can hear a complaint without the public generally participating. Um, um, if you can agree to that, these are these are tools to give you access to the board that has now been very well trained through this COVID process and especially through the Zoom process to just click you off and say, you know, we're done or we're going to move this meeting to Zoom. All of that shuts down dialogue, it shuts down uh, correspondence, it shuts down um, transparency with the community, and it leads to more division and anger. So it's a, it's a, it's a negative feedback loop when boards engage in that. Uh, and those are some tactics I'd recommend parents take. Because I, I hear this all the time. I'm getting emails from Lynn County, from all different counties saying that we, nobody's listening. We can't get the school board just shuts down the meeting. Um, one thing that Tyler also says, I, I keep, I sound like I'm reading from the book of Tyler, but like-minded individuals need to start getting involved in their local school districts, city and county governments. The only way we fix our state is not expecting someone else to do this for us. No. Adam, how important is that? Well, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it, it's very important for, you know, for everybody to get involved. And it's very important to arm yourself with knowledge like, you know, Tyler has. I mean, this guy's got the shield, the helmet, the the staff. I mean, he's got everything, um, you know, and he's he's been, you know, very impressive in, you know, his research. And, you know, every, everybody has a place, whether you're a grifter and a grinder or, you know, you're willing to stand on the pillar and shout from the rooftops, you know. I mean, there's there's definitely a place for everybody to, you know, to get involved. And, uh, you know, that's what it's going to take and not back down and, you know, just keep grinding, keep driving. And, uh, 
you know, like, like you, Rick, I mean, what you do, I mean, it, it's great because right now we're in a, we're in a time where I, I believe it's, you know, this ideological, you know, cold war, you know, and, and, and information is huge. And, you know, the way that, that you get that out to the public and, and present it, you know, to the people in a, you know, a, a practical common sense matter, you know, I mean, I mean, that's your place and it's, it's very important. Um, you know, and I mean, I mean, at every level, whether it's supporting an elected official, whether it's being an elected official, I mean, there's, there's a lot of different levels of support and involvement that, you know, people don't realize that are very, very important. Um, so, so, so Tyler, what was it when you started digging into this? Cause you're, I mean, and I, again, I don't mean this in an insult, but you're, you're just a parent. I mean, you are a parent of nine kids, but you are a parent. You have a lot of little mouths depending on little lives, depending on you. <clears throat> you got in there and started digging. What surprised you the most um, about, about what's going on? Um, I also have a full-time job, uh, Rick, and I'm a mechanic. So, you know, this is a mechanic with nine kids. That's, that's pushing this, but I've got a lot of people behind me. Uh, we've got a large group and I'm, I'm kind of trying to be the voice there. But uh, what we found was kind of, you know, like I said earlier, <clears throat> we're, we're doing 35 and a 55. They, the districts are taking, you know, what's been given to them in these rulings, the, the OARs and, and the uh, statutes, and they're playing it safe. Uh, more than safe. And ultimately what that's leading to is uh, discrimination and other problems on the other side. So they, they tried to run away from a problem on one side. And, and when they did that, they created problems on the other side. Um, and what we need to do is start doing 55 miles an hour and get everybody on the same page. And, and you said in your writings too, that to reach out to these board members and try to work with them too. try to get, you know, build some common ground. Mark, how important is that? Is I mean, you're the superintendent. <laughs> so, you know, working with these school boards, um, these are people in your community. They're not bad people. These are people giving, you know, giving time to do this stuff. Same with the city council with Adams on. It's just that we've let differences of opinion and ideas taint something that is a process that can work if we get past the labels and the party stuff and discounting people because you don't believe what the other people believe. That's what has to stop. Yeah. And I think it's important for, for all the, the viewers and listeners to know that uh, school boards by their nature are risk averse. And that's a little bit of what Tyler's referencing with the 35 miles an hour. And then you bring in uh, lawyers and, and uh, we're, every school district is insured by the same uh, uh, risk uh, you know, liability company, Pace Insurance or, or uh, special districts. And so when you don't have competition in that, you know, the, the insurance company's paying on all these school districts. So, so they're going to go, they're going to recommend 20 miles an hour. And because uh, <laughs> so the best way is to bridge the gap, find a like-minded board member, uh, try to tone down the confrontation and uh, do your research, like Tyler's saying, and, uh, and then look for creative ways. You know, board members, a lot of times will meet, meet you for lunch uh, if you can create that relationship. The other thing, too, is you can do the public records process and you can also do um, a complaint through the superintendent and hopefully you can land in a, an executive session with the board where you might have more access to them. Because otherwise they'll they'll simply say, well, thank you for your two minutes at best, or they won't give any public comment time at all. And uh, they'll turn you into the FBI and call you a terrorist. 
Um, that's called shutting down dialogue. And that's a little bit of what Tyler's frustrated by. There's a lot more that can be done. School boards need to uh, recognize that they, they have a fiduciary duty to be available to the public because the public elects them. And it's it kind of time to make, to remind, I think, all the Oregonians, um, even Governor Brown is our employee. Um, she really does work for us. Uh, she is the governor. We as Oregonians put her there, but we're the boss. When you read the Constitution, it says we the people. It doesn't say we the school board or we the governor or we the city council or we the superintendent or any of those we's. It says we the people of the United States of America. So we need to, I think part of it is what Tyler has done and obviously Adam and you're doing Mark is reminding people um, that the order of your um, employment and um, if people get together and, and here's the thing, another thing that Tyler said from the book of Tyler, Tyler four seven says, um, <laughs> it, he was talking about you, you guys, you can no longer sit there and say, oh, thank God Tyler's doing this. Oh, I'm so glad Mark's doing this down there. I thank God Adam, you know, jumped in there. Where are you? Where are you in the picture? Because as you, if you want to go from 35 to 55, um, Adam's foot is not going to be able to push that gas pedal. <coughs> so irritating. Um, his is not going to be able to push that gas pedal enough. He needs other people in the community to help push the gas pedal and then work with people. Don't call people names. Don't, don't go in and, you know, well, I'm just trying to do this. As soon as you open your mouth like that, you've lost all credibility and everything you say just goes right out the window. You can't you can't work that way. And Tyler, I'm impressed. I think you're a pretty amazing dude. Um, maybe Thank you, Rick. Can, can I can I bring uh, one more thing to the table here? I just wanted to, you know, bring this up here. Uh, there, there's some synergy, you know, coming to fruition here. Uh, Sweet Home and Lebanon and. Um, a few few other areas, the parents are starting to talk to one another and we're starting to work together because a lot of these districts are having problems and um, the parents are starting to get organized and work amongst, you know, the districts are coming together. And I would encourage that. Um, <clears throat> I want, you know, I want all the parents to know that uh, if you guys get up and do the research and communicate with your community and, and amongst the other communities around you, we, we can drive change, we can we can fix it, so. Yeah, because you're watching the headlines with Lebanon and what's going on and parents are concerned about some clinics and that kind of thing. But if all you guys in the area are getting together and all going, okay, we here's our issues, then you have power in numbers and, and they at some point they do have to listen. And I think you're right, that's, yeah. that's a huge deal. Um, Mark, go ahead. Well, one more comment, because I've watched a couple of the comments come up on the, the podcast here. <laughs> Uh, one one person said, well, the, you know, they won't meet with me exact session. They won't meet with me in person. They won't respond to my emails. Um, then you want to look at the district's policies. Usually they post them online. Um, the policies usually require a response. And if, if you don't get it, you can always refer to the ethics commission. It takes a little bit longer. But just just the 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 fact that uh, boards know you're serious, it, it's not really worth their time to not give you an audience. And um and, and so those are some tricks of the trade. Uh, it's a pressure game. And that's what Tyler's talking about. Pretty soon parents in other communities start talking. And that is a pressure game. 
and board members are part of the same community. They run into same people, same circles. They, they figure the same thing out. And board members are elected to represent people in their community and to be have access or give access and to hear voices. And so the other option is if, if, if board members are recalcitrant, which is you've tried all these options and, and you've been reasonable and you're following policy and you're applying it, um, that's what the recall uh, situation is for. Um, it, that trigger should only be pulled um, after all of these steps have been taken. And it shouldn't be done for ideological reasons like it was in Newburgh. And kudos to the Newburgh board members for uh, standing up and fighting and, and going door to door the way they did with hundreds of people. Uh, I got a chance to, to be a part of that because I ended up in the news multiple times. And, uh, um, and uh, the neat thing is, I think that some of the tactics that that, that side of the aisle played didn't, didn't bode well for their side. And so you can win these fights. The Newburgh outcome was not expected by our progressive overlords. So the key facts here, Adam and Tyler and Mark, is really working together with other people, finding solutions as a group, and not necessarily just Brownsville or, or uh, Albany or Lebanon, but everybody together finding like-minded people, like Tyler said, and coming together. And, 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 and maybe it's looking at it like it's not a war, it's, it's, a, it's just, a, it's just a, a battle. Um, and you just have to keep arming yourself with information and moving forward and be perseverance. I mean, perseverance is what wins things. And I think, um, you know, in the, in the big picture, I was talking to a lady who just stopped me and was, you know, happy that we're doing shows like this. And, and I said, you know, I think I was thinking the other day, maybe this is the best thing that's coming out of us as Oregonians. Maybe we're finally really standing up and saying, okay, we have to be a part of this. We can't just pretend like it's going to happen. It's going to go away because it's not going to go away. And this doesn't have anything to do with COVID. I'm talking about everything um, in terms of power structure and how things get done and, you know, using our voice. And it takes people to stand up and just say, hey, um, there's another voice over here. And there's about all these people over here also who want their voice heard. And that's how you really change things in Oregon, I think. Um, mm -hmm. So well said. Yeah, thank well you said. so much to all three of you for spurring me on with this show. I, you guys kind of had to work with me a little bit to understand what we were going to do. And then uh, this has worked out actually perfectly. Um, you can also check out Mark. He is, again, I'm going to give him another little plug. He's running for governor of Oregon and check out his website. You can find out more about it. And Melissa will put that in there for you. I'm sure she's always here. Throw it in the comment section. Adam, thanks for what you do in Brownsville and working together with people. And Tyler, dude, <coughs> you're, you're like a superhero, man. Um, <laughs> well, I want to thank Adam and Mark as well, because uh, they were a wealth of information through this process. Um, I couldn't have done it without the people that are that are helping me in our group or these two guys right here. Um, I got a lot of information from these guys. So, and and they can um, if you guys are a community and you don't know what to do, um, reach out to Adam if you're a city person. Mark can help you with school district stuff and city stuff. And uh, Tyler probably has his hands full with his nine children <laughs> and all the cars he's fixing and his own community. So can you just give him a little bit of a break? Um, <laughs> the other people can help you out. And Tyler, you just keep doing what you're doing. Well, thanks, gentlemen. Thanks for being here. We appreciate all of you. Yeah, yeah thanks, thanks, Rick. All right, yep. you're welcome, man. Okay, so there you go. That's how you do it. I love that show. That is what we want to do all the time, is encourage you, because any one of those gentlemen would tell you, they're not your voice. 
they are a voice. Um, but when you hear other people using your voice and you get a taste of that and understand that there is power in that and you know the right way to do it, yelling and screaming is what they do. We don't want to do that. We don't want to name call. Sometimes I get really irritated because even some of you guys come on here and you're calling people names. It doesn't do any good. It doesn't do any good to call people names. Um, so instead, arm yourself with information and real information and don't just blurt out things, but think about what you're saying and think about what is your end goal? Is it to win or is your end goal to reach some kind of a compromise or some kind of a deal? Um, I hope it's to negotiate some kind of a deal because we've been living in a state that all it wants to do is preach its own ideology and it's time for it to listen to the rest of us as well because we all live here or did live here. Um, I'm Rick Dancer. Thanks for being here. Um, we want to thank Albert Taylor, Endless Possibilities, offering people with different abilities, endless possibilities in life. If you're looking for a career, that may be something you want to look at. Um, we also want to thank our other sponsor, Priority One Heating and Air Conditioning. If you like what we're doing, please, you know, if you're looking for a new heating system or a cooling system, please go to our clients because that shows them that what they're doing makes a difference and is important. And Chris Dental, Dr. Michael Bratland. Um, our dentist of the uh, of the show. If you're looking for a dentist that cares about your health and doesn't care about your um, personal choices, um, he's your guy. Uh, I Rick to answer tomorrow night. We will be here. We have a special show of, about COVID. Um, we have a couple of guests coming on who've had it. A doctor who is uh, treating it in sweet home and going to find out a little bit about what they're doing. And we'll have a personal story um, from me. Uh, about that as well. So we'll see you tomorrow night, five o'clock right here. Share this on your page so other people know about it, see it, hear it, and can use that information. All right. Have a good night.